You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Most gracious and ever-living God, I pray at this time that ultimately, not my words, but your living word, Jesus, your son, would go forth, and we would find in him the life and the salvation and the light which you bring into the world. All this I ask, all this I offer in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God's grace and peace to all of you as we gather together this evening. I am especially grateful these past couple of years, you never know when the rug is going to be pulled out from under you. So I'm incredibly grateful that we're able to gather together um, in this way um, this evening. Uh, And as uh, we reflect this evening, I invite you along with me to reflect on these words which we hear from the prologue of John's Gospel, this magnificent introduction to what will be revealed about the nature and character of God in Jesus Christ, uh, the story that will be unfolded in John's Gospel. And we hear uh, numerous things, uh, words of hope, words of good news given to you and to me, that the light shines in the darkness and that the darkness cannot, the darkness will not overcome it. And we hear of the nature and the character of our God who is not distant or indifferent, but that the word descends in order to be in relationship with you and me, descends in order um, to draw us up to God rather than our ascending, uh, God descends um, that we might be in relationship with him. We hear that the word became flesh uh, and made his dwelling place among us. Um, The good news which we hear this evening on Christmas Eve, the good news which we hear this Christmas season, but at the outset, I think it's important to note Um, that that so many things are associated with this season and certainly some of the things that we think about um, are the expectations um, that we should be joyful, uh, that we should be generous, um, that we should be grateful. And whether uh, we're talking about the secular presentation of Christmas or the Christian presentation of Christmas, uh, there are these expectations which go along with it. And the challenge with expectations um, is they can be fraught because expectations and our emotions um, don't always line up. And so I wanna acknowledge as we're gathered together this evening, as I say, I'm so incredibly grateful that we're able to gather here and to hear words of good news, but the recognition um, that uh, for those of us gathered here, where people are emotionally may be dramatically different. Uh, Some um, rejoicing, um, some experiencing tremendous blessing, while while others, uh, for some this season could be a a challenging time. Uh, It can be uh, a time in which uh, loved ones lost uh, are remembered. It can be a time of feeling um, distanced and separated uh, from one another. So I want to note the the, the breadth uh, of the emotional experience, not just because, but because God recognizes it. Again, one of the things that's made clear to you and to me um, in the incarnation, and that's in many ways the chief theological term for this evening and for this season, um, the incarnation, the miraculous announcement that that God somehow miraculously combines both uh, his divine nature and human nature and the person of Jesus Christ. 
uh, and that God not only is able to combine, but that God um, descends into the world um, to seek us uh, and to save us. And that word which we hear so often um, applied to Jesus as Savior is so tear. And the reason I mention that is it has um, numerous meanings, obviously Savior being principal among them, um, but, but also in addition um, to Savior, it's also um, rescuer. Uh, it's also um, defender. We hear of God who comes to accomplish those things um, in our lives, who identifies with the human condition. One of the things that's made perfectly clear to you and to me is God's sharing in our human nature and not simply sharing, but coming that our human nature might be redeemed. We begin these words from John's gospel with those words, in the beginning, John writes, and those are resonant words. And as the people hear those words in the beginning, they would think back um, to the first book of the Bible, to the first words spoken in the Bible, to the book of Genesis. And as they hear those words um, in the beginning, one of the things that's being made known to you and to me is that God and Jesus Christ comes into the world um, that we might be a new creation, um, that a new creation, that new life uh, might go forth. And he comes into uh, the world to identify with us. And thinking about that, I came across recently from Dorothy Sayers, and you may... um, You may have read this um, some time ago, and she wrote, it was actually back in 1938. I'm not suggesting you read it when it came out, Um, but it's, uh, the the title of it is The Greatest Drama um, Ever Staged, and it's it's interesting. In many ways, it's sort of a a, a mini creed uh, or confession. She writes about the Christian faith, and in it, she writes this, for whatever reason, God chose to make man as he is, limited, in suffering and subject to sorrows and death. And then she goes on and she writes, he had the honesty and the courage to take his own medicine. Whatever game he is playing with this creation, he has kept his own rules and played fair. He can exact nothing from man that he has not exacted from himself. He has himself gone through the whole of human experience from the trivial irritations of family life and the cramping restrictions of hard work and lack of money to the worst horrors of pain and humiliation, defeat, despair, and death. When he was a man, he played the man. He was born in poverty and died in disgrace and thought it well worthwhile. I want to particularly focus um, on those last words. Uh, He thought it um, well worthwhile. We hear the nature and the character of God who who seeks us um, in his love and his grace. And as John's gospel goes on, perhaps you remember the words which Jesus speaks to Nicodemus when he speaks of not only the necessity to be born again, but the way that God enables new life to be born in us. And Jesus says the words to John, the son of man came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. We see that gracious desire of God from the very beginning. I've been uh, rereading uh, a couple of books lately, and one of them is Marilyn Robinson's Gilead. And some of you may have read that book before. It's a, it's a beautiful book. Uh, if you have not read it, she won a Pulitzer Prize for it. And the, in many ways, what the book is, it's an epistle. Uh, the chief character is a man by the name of John Ames. And John Ames is a, uh, a widower, 
He is a pastor of a congregational church in a small town tucked away, Gilead, Iowa, uh, and is in many ways going about a, a quiet um, and undistinguished life. And then surprisingly um, for John Ames, uh, he finds himself late um, in life married with a young son. Uh, imagine Abraham, but with a young wife. Uh, that's John Ames in this particular book, Gilead, and he realizes that his time with his son is limited. And so he, he writes to his son because of his desire to, for he and his son to have a relationship. And it's, in many ways, it's, it's a love letter written um, from a father to his son. And as I say, it's a, it's a beautiful book and there are numerous moving portions of it, but one in particular that I want to share with you as he's writing to his son, uh, he talks about how he often can't sleep at night. Uh, and sometimes when he can't sleep at night, he'll actually get up in the middle of the night and he will go and he will walk through the town. And let me read to you what he writes. People, people are always up in the night with their colicky babies and their sick children or fighting or worrying or full of guilt. And of course, the milkmen and all the people on early shifts and late shifts. Sometimes when I walked past the house of one of my own families and saw lights on, I'd think maybe I should stop and see if there was a problem I could help with. But then I'd decide it might be an intrusion and I'd go on. Past the Bouton's house too. It was years before I really knew what was troubling them, close as we had always been. It was on the nights I didn't sleep at all and didn't feel like reading that I'd walk through town at one or two o'clock. In the old days, I could walk down every single street, past every house in about an hour. I'd try to remember the people who lived in each one and whatever I knew about them, which was often quite a lot, since many of the ones that weren't mine were Boughton's. And I'd pray for them. And I'd imagine peace they didn't expect and couldn't account for descending on their illness or their quarreling or their dreams. I'd like to read that last. And I'd imagine, and I'd pray for them, and I'd imagine peace they didn't expect or couldn't account for descending on their illness or their quarreling um, or their dreams. It's such a beautiful, um, evocative image uh, of, of grace um, being showered uh, upon people, uh, the, the surprise um, and the shock of it. They're experiencing um, the substance of it. Uh, and the grace of God and the incarnation of God is something which is surprising, something which is unpredicted. Uh, and yet, God willingly, graciously, as we'll sing at the end of our service tonight, as we sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Mild He Lays um, His Glory By. Such is the love and the grace of God. Such is the desire of God um, that he might know us, that we might know him. Such is his desire to reveal himself to us, that we might be in relationship, that he lays his glory aside. Uh, and sort of this image of John Ames walking um, through the town and praying um, for the people of that town. One of the things that we see as John's gospel continues is Jesus praying um, for his followers, Jesus visiting his grace upon them, Jesus visiting his grace um, upon you and me as well. We hear that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. 
And, and that word uh, made his dwelling among us, or the translation, the word became flesh and dwelt among us is a biblically rich word. And, and what it means is to pitch one's tent, or in the Old Testament language, um, to tabernacle, when God would tabernacle with his people. Perhaps you remember in Exodus 33, the tent of meeting, and we read that Moses would go in and speak with God face to face as with a friend. And amazingly, uh, we hear uh, that Jesus Christ came into the world to pitch his tent with us. He came into the world um, to tabernacle with us. As John's gospel um, goes on, um, Jesus um, says many things uh, and assures many promises. He promises to go um, and prepare a place for us that sin and separation and death might be defeated and all the things which bind us in this life. He promises to go before us and prepare a place for us that those might be defeated. But he also promises that he would be with us now. His descending to raise us up is not just in the life to come. It's that which he desires to give to us now. The reality of the light shining in the darkness greater than the darkness. His gracious and loving presence with us. His actual prayers um, for you and for me. And Jesus will go on to say, peace I leave with you. My own peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled uh, and do not be afraid. Wherever you find yourself this evening as we're gathered together. Uh, I pray that you will hear uh, of the nature and the character of God whose light breaks forth into this world and who comes and pitches his tent with us uh, that he might be with us, that we might be with him. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your love and grace you have disposed yourself toward us Uh, lovingly and graciously. Uh, You have sought us, you have made um, your home with us. Uh, You have come um, to be our rescuer, our defender, uh, our savior. You go as far as to call us friends. I pray that that message, most gracious God, would go forth to all of us gathered here, to all who are listening this evening, uh, that we might know um, the truth and the assurance found in you. And this I ask and offer In the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.